Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Whose Health Is It Anyway? with me, Elizabeth Mills. On this episode, I spoke with Kelsey Ramsden. Kelsey is an author, entrepreneur, mother, and a wife. She has achieved so many business milestones, scaling multiple companies, and was named Canadian Female Entrepreneur of the Year not once, but twice. She did all this while also battling cancer. To say Kelsey is a rock star is a bit of an understatement. I've gotten to know Kelsey, and she is one of the most beautiful souls I have ever known, and I can't thank her enough for taking the time out of her very busy schedule to chat with me. We also talked about Kelsey's newest venture, MindCure. MindCure is a mental health company focused on easing suffering, increasing productivity, and enhancing mental health using psychedelic-assisted therapy. You can read more about it at mindcure.com. You can also check Kelsey out at www.successhangover.com on Twitter and at Kelsey Ramsden on Instagram. Kelsey was in a co-working space when we recorded, so you may hear some background chatting and noises. Thank you for your continued love and support. Till we meet again. So Kelsey... Thank you for doing this with me and taking the time because I know you're a very busy woman. <laughs> I'm thrilled but to be you, here. That's great. You are an award-winning author. You're an entrepreneur. Those are That's like the skimmed down version, the really skimmed down version of the many, many things that you have accomplished. You have a book um, titled Success Hangover, and it is available on Amazon and where most books are sold. And if people are a little bit more interested, because that was just kind of skimming the surface of who you are, obviously, (laughs) there's much more to learn about you. Um, They can check you out at www.successhangover.com, on Twitter, or on Instagram at Kelsey Ramsden. 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 Is that how you... Like like a ram in a den. Den. Perfect. That's a great way to remember it. And then you also... Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was just saying, I was formerly... Kelsey Kitch. That was my born name. That was the oh, name I was born so with. Cute. And yeah, I loved it. It was great. I yeah. love alliteration. But I remember forecasting into the future and thinking, if ever I get married, I hope I marry someone with a last name I never have to spell again because yeah. no one could spell Kitch. And oh, then Ramsden, gotcha. I was like, yeah, this is awesome. This is going to work great. But, yeah. do you, but no, no, I yeah. still get to spell it. You, but- you would think like, because my last name is Mills. And you yeah. would think like that's the simplest name on the earth, but everybody's always like Nils. I'm like, no, I'm like not Nils. I'm like, whose last name is Nils? Maybe there is. I don't know, but I'm just like Mills. I'm like, it's the simplest name, M I L L S. Anyway, I get it too. I'm just like, this is so weird. I'm like, I don't get it because my my maiden name was Pereira, mm. which was always like you know people yeah, got it wrong all the time. Yeah. So I thought Mills. I'm like, oh my god, Mills. Like, how much simpler can you get? But they did the same thing. Same thing. I think um, we should all just be able to adopt. You know, once once we're past a certain age, we can just like say a new last name. I'm just yeah declaring yeah. that's a new business for yeah. anyone who's listening. Exactly, and if it's not necessary, like if they don't need my name for anything, I'm just like yeah, Nils. You know, <laughs> <Just> like <laughs> yeah, whatever. Sure. <laughs> I'm like I'm Elizabeth Nils. Um, and then you also you've just started a new company, which I know there's just a tiny little bit about, um, but I believe it's something to do with. Um, 
psychedelics, psychedelics and helping with, you know, mental health, mental. Yeah. That's Mm -hmm. incredible. That's incredible. So, I mean, there's a lot to learn about you. So like I said, if people want to learn a little bit more, get the book, which I highly suggest they do, that's where they can find you. So now a lot of people that may know you in your, um, uh, I guess work life know about like that story but what people may not know is more of like your health journey story which I don't even know that much about like we've kind of talked a tiny bit about it like at the MMT events and things but so what a lot of people may not know is that you had cancer Mm -hmm. and had that whole journey and story as a part of your experience as well now like I said we only just kind of touched the surface personally when we talked about it so can you just tell me like what what was what were you diagnosed with and like when did you find out and that's yeah what. so i um i was diagnosed with a rare form of cancer called glassy cell endocarcinoma of the cervix and wow. so that's a, that's a lot of words um yeah and it's like most people's yeah. diagnoses. There's like a lot of words that don't mean yeah, anything exactly. when they tell you. And you're like, exactly. You're like, okay. Yeah. It said, you said carcinoma. That sounds like cancer. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, my, my experience was Sam, we have three children. So Sam was two months old at the time and he's our youngest guy. And, uh, and I can remember being in, you know, so I went for my regular checkup like we all do. Yeah, now, how old, how old were you, Kelsey? Um, I'm going to say I'm 36 at this point. Yep, I'm 36. 36, okay. And um, went for the, the usual checkup. And in fact, I was actually lucky because my GP, I went I went with a two-month-old baby to do the baby mm-hmm. appointment. And mm-hmm. the GP said, um, you haven't had your physical in so many years. You just keep having babies. We're always checking out the babies and never you. And right. I was like, oh, yeah, right. no, I'm fine. And um, anyway... So she said, no, I know you, you're too busy. You're never going to schedule it. So let's do it today. So she had her nurse who runs the clinic, watch the three children while, wow. yeah. Now that's a good GP. It was, right oh, she was amazing. <laughs> but you know, wow. there's all these kind of moments of grace in these health journeys where like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that was a moment of grace for me because had I walked out of there, I never would have got the diagnosis in time to be here speaking with you because what was Mm -hmm. what ultimately came out of it was um the diagnosis that has a 17 percent survival rate and a terminally a a terminal um case time period of 18 months wow so um yeah so it was it was just very much one of those things where had i walked out of the office that day i probably would not have you know Right. Scheduled it and uh, and it probably would have been too late. So then uh, I went for biopsy and then, you know, again, like a moment of grace, went for the follow up appointment and the, the surgeon at the time came in. You, did you remember that show um, Seinfeld? Yes. <clears throat> and so there was a guy named Kramer and he would like, mm-hmm. you know, burst into the room and this like, yes, yes. So this is the surgeon on the day of my diagnosis. And he comes in like Kramer and he's like, congratulations, you don't have cancer. What? And I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. This is best news ever. Like now yeah. I'm in the Ikea commercial. I'm like, start the car. Like, yeah, exactly. Just- <laughs> Let me get out of here and forget this. Yeah. Forget this. Yeah. And, uh, and then thank God for my husband who, um, you know, much like in your storyline with Brad, they're there to support mm-hmm. you and kind of, kind of be like the voice of reason when, when the world caves in for a moment. Right. And he was like, uh, 
Well, can you just double check? Because it seemed like kind of a big deal. Like they made us come and cancel all this stuff and come early. And, and so the surgeon looked and said, actually, I'm so sorry. I was reading the wrong file. Oh my God. You do have cancer and it's this type and it's, you know, and so that was my diagnosis journey. I couldn't imagine what he felt in that moment, but that is, it just goes to tell you like, oh, I don't know. We're humans. Okay. Yeah, right? I know. And we make mistakes. It's true. And we but... make mistakes. And, <sighs> and so, you know, for anyone who's listening, who's, who's being challenged in their life with some kind of diagnosis or whatever the case may be. And I, you know, we all learn these little snippets of pieces as we go. Mm-hmm. But for me, one of the best pieces of advice I got early on and that was only backed up by that experience was, you know, ask for copies. Mm-hmm. Ask for copies of the reports. Ask oh, for yeah. copies of the of it, like. Just start creating your own little journal of all right. the work because, um, yeah, just simply because it's it's important that that you are armed with the ability to advocate for yourself, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's important that you're armed with the information. Exactly. Um, because we're human and people yeah, can make mistakes. Exactly. And doctors are human. And see, me and Brad learned that lesson too. Like we ended up getting all these records of mine and learning all these crazy things that I never even knew was going on in my body until I read these notes. It's it's crazy. I, I agree with you. People need to do that. Get your medical records. If you have any suspicions of anything, or just even just get them, you know? Yeah. <laughs> just get them. Like hands down. I know, it's crazy. And I was reading too, you wrote I was reading an article you wrote and you said, um, that when you first found out or when you were first told that you, um, you, uh, was it again? You said how all you could hear was like the sound of your own breathing. Yeah. Like it was kind of like everything kind of just, you know, went away. Yeah. The little bubble, the echo chamber got real small, not much air in the room. You know, yeah. you just like hear your own heartbeat. Have you ever mm-hmm. been, have you ever been swimming and accidentally got swept up by a wave and you don't know which way is up? And yeah. it's kind of this like for a very brief moment, a moment of calm that's like frightening and terrifying and you're going to die, but also, okay, kind mm-hmm. of um, time stops, you right. know? Yeah. And I mean, um, I, yeah. that was what it was like. Mm-hmm. Was it, was it kind of like, I guess it's, it's a weird, cause for me, it was like all these crazy things happening with no answer. Mm. Whereas yours was an answer right off the bat, obviously not a good answer, but it was like, this is what it is. Let's do this. Whereas for yeah. me, it was like, you know, you have this, but we don't know what to do kind of thing. Just like, so were you in a way like, cause you very much strike me as the type of person and based on what you had written in this article, you kind of were like, okay, like, let's do this. Like, I have to figure out a plan. I have to, like, organize, you know, what I'm going to get done, which which kind of surprised, like, it didn't surprise me knowing you, you know, <laughs> but I was like, wow, like, Kelsey got shit done. Like, she was like, this is going to happen and this is going to happen and this is going to happen, like, in terms of business and, and, and family yeah. and all that. I mean, um, did you, do you find that was maybe a little bit of a coping mechanism to kind of get 100%. through it or... Yeah, oh, totally. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. it's so much for me. It's so it was easier to get into action than it was to actually sit in the reality. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I, exactly. I can remember sitting there, and maybe maybe it was the day I was diagnosed. I don't know. Within the first few days, I'm sitting at home with my husband Andrew, and we're just kind of like staring off into space. And I started crying, and he said, 
I'm so sorry. And I was like, yeah, you don't actually know what I'm crying about. I'm crying, I'm crying about the, the, the mourning for the fact that I won't have any more children after this. Right. And it then occurred to me in that moment, like he thought I was thinking about dying. Yeah. Which is probably what I should be thinking about. Right. Right. <laughs> I think people, and, many people have assumptions about when someone's ill, mm-hmm. you know, what, what they're thinking about, but there's so much to be thinking about that, Never assume, no, I guess, that you, you know, know you know what someone's thinking. And we all More so for outside so people. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And some people break into action and some people, you know, collapse on the floor and some people, mm. you know, ignore and avoid. And some people go, okay, 100%, I'm going to be the one who beat. Like, I mean, yeah. I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I would have predicted how I rolled it out. But, I, but, you know, it sounds very like full of valor and I was just charging ahead and whatever but you right. know frankly speaking now years on the other side of it looking back like there was a lot of healing that did not get done because mm-hmm. I just did not address what was happening right. from an emotional standpoint I was right. just like right okay exactly. this kills most people not me let's figure right. it out um and I just went into war mode you know? yeah I think I understand what you mean because I remember too like being in the hospital bed you know, getting like blood transfusions and just kind of being like having this attitude of like, okay, like what's next, you know, like mm-hmm. kind of not really like letting it sink in. And then like, like having doctors come in and like, so I, I obviously don't have cancer, but I, they, cause it's mine's blood related. They were thrown around like, you know, leukemia and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, and I remember at the time being like, oh geez, like that's really serious. But for some reason you just like, I, I guess I'm similar to you where I just went into this mode of like, what's next? How do we just get to the next step? And then I started to think, like, how is this affecting other people? Like, oh, God, like, mm-hmm. they're going to be all upset. Like, how do I make it so they're not upset? Like, did you ever do that? Like, act okay, essentially, for the sake of I, the people around yeah, you? I actually pretty much avoided all the people. I didn't. I hated what I hated. And this is, like, no offense because no one is mm-hmm. armed with the right way to handle this stuff. But exactly, as soon as the word started getting out, um, you know, Kelsey has cancer. Kelsey has mm-hmm. cancer because that's how mm-hmm. it goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, my phone started ringing with like well wishers and amazing humans uh, who just wanted to offer yeah. support, and I was actually kind of mad. I was just like, yeah. "Please don't eulogize me. I'm not dead yeah, yet. Don't call to tell me what a good person I am." Okay, like, actually, because I was going to cool. ask you, I was going to ask you this question because mm. when I was the sickest, mm. I actually had people say to me, "It's okay, don't worry. Kelsey's phone's going off. She's a busy woman. Sorry, <laughs> that's okay. We're good." This is a nonstop situation. Yeah, you just keep jones on it off. Uh, And you're here to do it. So great. Uh, So we're all like, take it all in. Um, But I would get people say to me, well, geez, thank God it's not cancer. Well, at least it's not Mm. cancer. And that would actually make me mad because I would think like, well, what if we don't know what it is at the time? We didn't like, what if it was Uh, or what if I was diagnosed down the road? I almost felt like, and I'm sure now you're saying you felt this too, but I was like, people write people off with cancer like instantly it's like you're put at this the bottom of some list (laughs) you know and it's like you don't even get a chance to fight almost or like because they're just like like, and so that's kind of seems like what you're explaining like you because I was going to ask you did you ever feel like you were um you know put at the bottom of this list or uh devalued or pitied or written off like when that happened it's this funny experience because um number one cancer okay Mm -hmm. there's like few thousand types actually mm-hmm. turns out mm-hmm. so that's just like me being that's like me saying i'm marrying man 
Yes. There's a right. few of them out there. Yeah, you know, exactly. There's like yeah. Some distinct, you know, things <laughs> yeah. to identify. Mm-hmm. Um, but everyone doesn't care about that. They're just going to stick way up here with cancer. Yes. Yeah. And so there's that piece of it, which is like kind of unfortunate because when people hear my story, they also don't hear like, there's also a gradation of cancer. So there's like right. this, you know, and disease. So with cancer, everyone assumes I did chemo and radiation. That's mm-hmm. the natural assumption set. But the truth mm-hmm. is I didn't do either. Mm-hmm. Because my type of cancer doesn't respond to either one of those things. So mm-hmm. that's why my type of cancer was like the death cancer. Right. Because if you don't get it early, nothing saves you. Nothing. Can um, but that means I didn't have to do chemo, which I'm so grateful for because I hate nausea. And right. right. So there's like, but so there's this like hierarchy of like, oh, but you did chemo. So you're harder core than I'm just like. I'm just a surgical cancer patient. They just went mm-hmm. in and took all my guts out and left mm-hmm. me with like all these other problems afterwards. But you know, you're, mm-hmm. you're more hardcore cancer because you did chemo. Oh, you're super hardcore because you did chemo and radiation. Right. And, right. And it's like, it's this real, um, or you're not, you're not as sick because you don't have cancer. You're just, just a blood disease. What? Yeah. Yeah. I know. Are we yeah. serious? Like why, yeah. why are we it ranking? It, it devalues like, every right how are we ranking because it's all, people people only know their worst down point it's relative right? so yeah. it says yeah it doesn't even matter and but it just it made me angry because i thought if i did have cancer then what you know i i almost yeah. felt like and, and i and i just thought like what if so, like these people with cancer they're like they're not even given a chance and like i wore head wraps because i had lost my hair right because yes. of alopecia and the looks I would get, like just the, those, like those looks of like, oh, like that sorrow. Yeah, I guess that's yeah. a great way to label it—the cancer look, you know. And I would just be like, I felt like such a victim. Like people were treating me as a victim, but I didn't feel like a victim. And yeah. I feel like you get put in this victim category. And I just, mm. and I, I guess that maybe that's. Did you kind of feel that when the everyone was calling, like, oh my god, like you'll get through oh, this, totally. don't worry, like yeah, yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and it almost made me want to be more of a warrior. Like it almost right. made me want to be like, okay, then fine. Uh, nice to talk to you and forget about cancer. Let's talk about how, like, let's talk about anything else. Like I just right. wanted to avoid it altogether. Um, right. yeah. And, and also a bit, it's none of your business. Like yeah. there is this piece around, like it makes other people feel better to tell mm-hmm. you how they're feeling about you. Right. Not many people think, is it going to make Liz feel better if I mm-hmm. call Liz and tell Liz about how I'm feeling? Because right. maybe Liz has some shit to deal with right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. not my Exa- feelings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's almost like, I don't know, for them, it just makes life feel normal. And they think like, then you'll feel normal because it's like, it's just, you know, we're just shooting the breeze or like whatever. I don't know. But it's, yeah, I just... Uh, <sighs> And, yeah, but they're I, I just trying. It's, it's I know it's, it's I, yeah. delicate, and it's and it's we fumble around it, and mm-hmm. I, you know I'd hate to give any listener the idea of like don't call someone. No, whatever, right, but, exactly. But there is but, this know. like narrative of like, um, like if someone passes or you know you you're like someone has a gets ill, like 
this this like let's call them and tell them all the ways how it could be worse yeah <laughs> you know I got a lot of that like well it could be this it could be that it could be that you know and I was like this is not helping me like I'm still <laughs> dealing with this massive like thing like I you're you telling me all the ways it could be worse like I had a rash from like head to toe oh. that scarred it scarred my skin so I had hyperpigmentation so I look like a cheetah but it just <laughs> it like was around my it missed my face and I actually yeah. had someone say to me well thank goodness it's not on your face and I was like, well, what is that supposed to mean? I guess it's just like opening up the conversation for people that maybe don't live this way to yeah. know that, you know, maybe don't, maybe don't express, you know, how, how different it could be or how you think, you know, sometimes people just want to talk and you mm -hmm. just shut up. You know, I think people want to stay positive and be supportive, but sometimes, mm -hmm. you know, the best way to support is to reflect the truth. Right. It's to say, Liz, my God, I'm sorry. This yeah. is terrible for you. And yeah. I have, I don't even know what to do and I can't hardly relate. Mm -hmm. But I just want to let you know that like, I, I just, I feel for you because this must right. suck. And right. I don't know exactly. how to handle this. It feels yeah. kind of weird. Yeah. But I'm your friend and I love you. Exactly. Great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That sentiment. sounds great. Yeah, you know? I don't. I don't need <laughs> a great. you know Let's a list be weird of like. About it, yeah, we none of us have done this before. No, exactly. You know? And mm. now I don't know. You sound like you've had a pretty decent medical team around you, like for this whole experience. Like I now have like the most amazing group of doctors, specialists. Like I love them to death, and I, I admire and respect doctors and nurses and anyone in the medical profession. So whenever I ask questions like this, I always make sure I say that because I don't mean it in a bad way, you know, but every, every once in a while we meet someone maybe who isn't really, human. you know, it's human and a and bit more up. human than the others. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I've met some that are pretty brutal, uh, you know, just, uh, either they span from bad, bad bedside manner to just like really awful. Yes. human beings, which are in any walk of life. Like I said, I, I, I respect all doctors and nurses, but have you ever had, um, those moments or, um, because like, it's why I named the podcast whose health is it anyway? Cause I, mm. I've had experiences where I've actually been like, is this my health? Is this my life? Or like, I'm just at the, I felt like I was at the mercy of other people's decisions and mm. what other people thought you know, and, and tests they sent me for that I didn't feel I needed, et cetera, et cetera. So is there any experiences like that? Or, or would you say that you had a pretty good kind you of, you know, I'd say after the first fellow who did the like, oops, it turns out you do have cancer situation. Yeah. Um, where I quickly like, you know, you, you know, hand to the Bible in all honesty, immediately got home and called everyone I knew who knew someone who knew someone yeah, who was going to tell me what oncologist I needed to switch to from right. that guy right. and so yeah. I got I got the name of him through like a lady in my book club knew a surgeon who was in oncology who knew something like basically who just said this is the person you want to ask for right um right. and so from that moment on uh and even I will share with like your listeners calling up the original doctor and speaking with his um, nurse and saying like I want a referral to this other doctor right right and, and it was like, well, why? Yeah. And so I just was honest. Mm -hmm. It's like, this was my experience. And here's my situation. I have a two-month-old child, a one-year-old child, a four-year-old mm -hmm. child, two mm -hmm. businesses. And this mm -hmm. is really pretty important to me. Right. And so it's, I don't feel my comfortable. It's just an ask. Yeah. Can you do it? Not yeah. will you, can you? 
because mm-hmm. we can. So let's yes. do that. <laughs> exactly. See, and that's, um, yeah, that's, that's really an example of like advocating for yourself, mm. making choices. I know a lot of people, they're really crippled by fear to just like approach a doctor and say like, I'm not happy here. And I was that in the beginning. Right. Yeah. But like that's so important to do that for yourself. And like, again, for people listening who maybe are with a doctor that they just like, this is, this can be a difference of life and death, you know, like make the choices that you need to make. And don't worry about offending anybody if it doesn't feel right for you, right? Yeah, and, and I think, yeah. and I think most of those situations can be approached from a place of grace. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I recognize that he's human, and maybe right. he had a tough day, but forevermore, I'm going to be wondering. And I'm sure that he's in high demand, and he'll fill the time that I give up with him. Right, um, right. So, you know, I would just appreciate it. Would make me feel whatever the case, and mm-hmm. and ultimately, I got the best oncologist in town. I love Amazing. him. His name is Akira and he's the super best. Um, awesome. I guess that's a good, that's a good thing to say. Like you don't need to go in there like screaming and ranting. Like you can no. just like, there's a, there's a nice calm way of just saying like, this isn't working for me, you know? And if they're a, it's just not a fit, a, a person, a good person, they'll just be like, okay, great. You know? <laughs> and yeah, if not, absolutely. well, you deal with that when you get to it, but whatever. <laughs> um, so the other thing is like people that don't live with health struggles or, or go through anything medically may maybe sometimes don't realize as well, like the, or maybe they have a loved one who's going through something. They don't realize mm-hmm. sometimes that like a lot of the medications that were put on, et cetera, can have long-term effects after. Right. Yeah. So we're on it to fix something, but then event like we can end up having long-term side effects as a result. So I think that you do have, um, so because you, you didn't do chemo, you said, yeah, but were you no, put, so were, were, were you put on medications for? No chemo, no radiation, no medication. So my intervention was radical hysterectomy with a bunch of lymph nodes taken out and a, a, a little bit of other tissue. So right. although that sounds like a free tummy tuck, it's not. It's right. just, yeah. um, you, you Oh gosh, don't out. tell me. Has anyone else said that to you? Has anyone said it to you? Have they said it to you? Did they? Yes. They oh, I knew it. I was going to say, I actually had someone say to me, oh, I wish I was like, I wish I had what you had so I could be thin because I was like so sickly thin. I was like 104 pounds from being so sick. Oh my God. And someone actually said, oh, at least I'd be thin. I was like, God. So I, I knew it. Right when you said that, I was like, somebody said it. Somebody said it. <laughs> Yeah. At least it's a it's free like tummy tuck. Oh, like, okay. That's cool. That's yeah, cool. yeah, exactly. I would have okay. just happily paid for the tummy tuck uh, and not, you know, gambled yes, my life. But exactly. So as a result of the lymph nodes coming out, I have something called lymphedema, which um, mm-hmm. lots of breast cancer gals have in their arms from having mm-hmm. lymph nodes taken out under their um, in their armpits. And right. uh, but in my case, it's they took a bunch of lymph nodes out in my groin, and so mm-hmm. my legs carry a whole lot of extra fluid. So at their worst, um, my right leg can carry up to 12 pounds of extra uh, water and my left leg can do seven. So it winds up being 20 some pounds of water Um, Mm -hmm. or well, it's lymphatic fluid is what it is. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, it just means. So do you have to take medication to help like combat? There's no cure for this part. Um, No. So this do you take like water like, retention or because it's fluid, no, I guess that wouldn't work, right? Work. Yeah. yeah, I know. I've tried all the things. There is there is like a radical experimental um, surgery that they're working on at the moment, which, you know, is maybe something that in the future can happen. So for the moment, what I do is I wear these super ridiculously tight stockings that are like wearing um, 
what is it like? It's they're like hot and thick, and I like sweat the when I have to pull them on. Like the compression socks. Yeah, that are yeah. like they're specially made in Germany, and they're um, they're about as thick as like a wetsuit. Wow. Yeah, and it's so, a workout to get them a, on. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And generally, actually, I'm, I've am i been okay with it, like pretty well, mm-hmm. aside from like, you can't wear a bunch of clothes, and you can't buy shoes, and you look stupid in a bathing suit with these ridiculous stockings on, all the things. Mm. But it was only maybe a week ago that I had my first proper pity party about it. And I was just right. cr- sitting there crying. And Andrew came and said, what's going on? Yeah. I was like, I just realized one day I'm going to be like 80 if I'm lucky, and I won't be able to do this. Mm-hmm. There's going to be some person... Mm-hmm. Who's every day gonna have mm-hmm. to come and yard these stockings onto my old grandma legs? Yeah, like that's the future. See, and this so, is so you know, just these moments. I, I there know. Are moments. See, people they they know that you've had the thing and you got over the thing or you got through the thing, um, but no one really like thinks about that stuff, like the afterthoughts that come with it, the after experiences, the the symptoms after the fact, you know, and mm-hmm. I, I relate, I relate to that so much because I've had those moments too, where I, I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, oh God, like, because I don't know how bad it's going to get. There's no real like answers. Right. So mm-hmm. I have the same things when I'm like, what am I, is Brad going to have to like lift me out of bed and like, you know, get like, like empty a bed pan. Like, you know, I have those yeah. thoughts too. And I'm, I know we're all eventually headed in that direction, but for some of us, it's a lot closer. You know, yeah. I, I, I was bed bound for like a portion of time at like 30 years old, you know, like I, so I, I completely understand what you're saying. It's that stuff can really met, like play with your head, you know, just the, the thinking about that. And yeah. Oh man. I, yeah. I, I totally can relate to that. It so with come. that said, with that said, because regardless of all that, you've managed to still have success and stay very positive. I'm sure not all the time, because I know people ask me, you know, how are you positive all the time? And I'm always like, I'm not, <laughs> you know, and I really believe that I've learned from trying to not sit with it, that I needed to sit with it and and mm. face those, those emotions and those thoughts, right? So that I could move past it. But the thing is, like, you never really move past stuff. You just got to, like, some days you feel shitty and you just have to accept it and kind of sit in it and and just go with it, right? Because I yeah. feel like that helps actually in the, in the long run. Yes. So how did you manage to, or, like, what do you think is the key for you to, like, have had the success that you've had still while dealing, something, dealing with something like this? And as weird as it sounds, like, did it help shape who you are today? just in your personal life and in your in your business life um and and how like do you think that it i guess i guess what most people ask how did it kind of mold you shape you and help you achieve and how do you keep achieving still with this you know having gone through that like i mean i think you know the the following statement can really turn some people off so i i say it you know with full awareness but I think cancer is one of the greatest gifts I was ever given um, because I up until that point really was kind of like hadn't really put into context the fragility of life mm-hmm. and, and, the, and the importance of a few things in the right order. You know, mm-hmm. if I'm honest, mm-hmm. I was like, mm-hmm. I was, I was a great person doing great things and, but 
but the shoe kind of hadn't dropped about like what this one ride on the little blue marble in space is all about. Right. And so, you know, I'd say, yeah, absolutely. It changed me. Um, in so many ways for the better, I just don't have time for BS like mm-hmm. I used to. I just right. don't have time for small dreams like I used to. I just mm-hmm. hug my children harder all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, it just takes it to, mm-hmm. I can remember about a month after whatever, I had some follow-up appointment with my oncologist. And I, I said, is it possible? Like, I know this is crazy and please don't lock me up, but is mm-hmm. it possible that I could actually see colors brighter now? And he was like, <laughs> <laughs> you were like go with it just go with it tell me yes <laughs> um, that's awesome you know and so I think that's just like my witnessing of life as it is once mm-hmm. I had the great opportunity to put it into context right mm-hmm. to get the polarity mm-hmm. of it um it just it just is like at any minute this this little party could not be I might not be in attendance. It will keep right. the party continues. It just yeah. I won't be here. Exactly. Um, so it it feels feels more important every minute. Mm-hmm. I get that. Like I I would tell people that too. I'd say you know once I got through the worst of it and and really saw it for what it was, it was almost like a gift. And I, I felt like kind of special for having it because I, I felt like, but then I also felt like so different because mm-hmm. I felt like, I always say that I felt like I was kind of sitting up here kind of watching everybody, which sounds weird. I'm not saying I'm like some kind of goddess or something, no. <laughs> but I just kind of felt like I, w- I had seen, like I had, I had fully experienced mm. what, like what they say is like that, that moment of, like you said, that like it could just be gone. Mm-hmm. You know, and and mm-hmm. as humans, as humans, we tend to not really get it until it's gone. Like they say, it sounds cliche, but it's true. Yeah, it's and true. Um, yeah, I, I I feel the same way. I'm I'm just like, I was given this gift of seeing things from this whole new perspective, and and even now, like if I if I'm like, geez, my hair is like frizzing out today or something. I, I always have to be like, okay, Liz, like <laughs> you were bald, remember? And you told yourself that if you ever had hair again, you wouldn't do this kind of stuff because it doesn't yeah. matter. It just doesn't yes. matter. And and yes. like you said, I'm, I'm doing things now more for like the passion of it mm-hmm. as opposed to feeling this weird need to like succeed in business because I feel like that's what others want me to do. And I, and I don't know for you, but I did realize that I was living a lot of my life for the sake of other people, you know, like, oh. like, like not saying no, you know, and um, feeling like I needed to succeed certain ways for, for other people. And I feel like once I removed that and made it just about actually what I was passionate about, what I wanted to do, started saying no to people, like not in an aggressive, mean way, you know, but just like, no, I, I can't do that. That's too much for me. That that's when things like, like really started to change. And, and my life did change. And I, I know that I wouldn't have had this hadn't it have mm. been for going through that experience. And obviously, like, of course, you don't want people to have to go through that, you know, but I sometimes see people complaining about, you know, is it or like, you know, something and I'm like, oh, the world you live in. I remember that world so, yeah. seems seems so far away now. You know, those little those little things we used to complain about, you know, yeah, um, it's true. that are no longer. It's true. So, so with the, the new the new company. So what was, was it called again? It's the, called Mind Cure. Mind Cure. Mm-hmm. So is this coming from a place of having been through health issues? Um, 
again, like I know probably for you and for me as like for me, I went through a lot of mental, you know, back and forth and, um, you know, I've always been a pretty resilient person. So I never got to like a really super low, but I mean, I got, I got low you know, at mm. times. And, um, when you're in those places, there's, you're willing to kind of pretty much do anything, right? Because, um, you just want to get past it or whatever you, a cure, like however you want to put it. But so does this stem from that or is it something that you kind of fell into or by accident just kind of, kind of came along? Like, how did you, and I, I guess just kind of like, what does it entail? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> it's a bit of both. So, mm-hmm. um, our family, my family has, you know, the great opportunity have, has been afforded, um, I would say, I think, I I think some of the most intelligent people are just like riding that very fine line between like brilliance and insanity, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, And so mm -hmm. our family has been granted a lot of those kind of people. And Mm -hmm. so we have um, pretty rich history of addiction and alcoholism, drug addiction, Mm -hmm. suicide, Mm -hmm. uh, depression, anxiety. So we're, you know, we're talking about mental health challenges. We're kind of like, we're collecting all of the stickers Right. And, uh, right. and I say that kind of with a little bit of humor, because when you've had enough of it around you, you kind of go, oh, my goodness, like, wow, we, you know, we get this. And right. um, so I, I, I struggled with my mental stability since I was eight years old. And I can remember uh, telling my doctor at the time that I wanted to kill myself. And I, I didn't even really understand what that was. I just knew right. I wasn't interested in doing this any, any longer. And, um, you know, and so there's this idea that people who are successful in air quotes or people who, whatever we want to call success, like you have a steady job, you should be happy. Right. Um, but that's not how it works for everyone. And so for some people, um, there's a challenge between their ears. And for a long time, we talked about health from the neck down is like, Mm -hmm. that's health. But the inclusion of from the neck up is, I think, really important. Um, Mm. and so, my experience with my own mental health and the mental wellness of people around me just gave me a lot of compassion, a lot of empathy and ultimately compassion for people who through no fault of their own, through what, you know, you just like here, here's where, here's what you got. Um, And so I started undergoing psychedelic uh, assisted therapy about three years ago myself and it unequivocally saved you know, my future uh, saved my relationship with very important people in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think ultimately probably saved my own life in the long run. Mm-hmm. And as a result of that experience, those experiences, um, you know, it's felt like the right thing to do was to take all of all of the tough grind and hard work of doing the first businesses and the, you know, the scaling and the money and all the mm-hmm. connections and all mm-hmm. the thing and, and, and put it somewhere that feels like purposeful um, mm-hmm. with deep scientific rigor that we know can have really have the power to change lives. Um, and so mind your offers psychedelic assisted therapy. And that doesn't mean you come and like do mushrooms like you did at college. Yeah, or right. I was going to say, I was going to be like, <laughs> how does, what does that mean? <laughs> um, we lock you in a building with everybody. You just do mushrooms and run around. <laughs> <laughs> you run around and giggle. Yeah, yeah uh, exactly. No, yeah. No, no, that's not what it's like at no. all. Um, 
so yeah, it depends on the medicine that's being utilized, but in Canada at the moment, it's predominantly ketamine and uh, psilocybin. Psilocybin is, was formerly known as magic mushrooms. And mm. you go into a therapist's room, they'll be, they'll be onboarding pre-treatment screening to make sure it's right for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you go into a room that's generally looks a bit like a living room. Like it's well decorated. It doesn't look like a clinic and you mm-hmm. either sit in like a nice cozy kind of a chair or lay in kind of a recliner type of a thing. And you put a mask over your eyes and headphones on and, and uh, you're delivered the medicine, which is generally ingested like in pill form. And um, in the case of psilocybin and ketamine, there's a variety of modalities. And, uh, and it's very much like watching a movie, you know, um, mm-hmm. on the back of your eyelids. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the movie is beautiful and amazing. And sometimes the movie is really tough. Mm-hmm. Um, but, the, but the wonderful thing about it is your, um, perspective, like we were talking before about perspective of illness and being able to see something from a whole new vantage point. And that's really the gift of psychedelic therapy is we're able to get outside of our previous narratives, outside of our vantage point, outside of all these things. Mm-hmm. And, and I guess um, in a way, like outside of your own mind too, right? Because that yeah, stops a lot of people Totally, where this you, would help open them think, up to that. You think, uh, oh, I've got this, or I've done this, or I've done that, or whatever the case. And, and really, when you when you ha- when you're afforded the opportunity to look at it in a different way, and beyond that, there's a body of research that that supports the notion that psychedelic uh, medicines actually work to rewire the neural pathways in your mind. So you're actually, I, I always say, it's like uh, you know when you defrag your computer, mm-hmm. and it just all the settings are there just the same and all the programs are that, but it just, just runs faster and more smoothly and right. clear. It's like that with mm-hmm. pretty much any challenge that you have ongoing around. And, and, and it depends on the medicine and modality, but PTSD, depression, addiction, anxiety, um, all the, all the big hitters and mental wellness. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so that's what mind cure does. And we're, I mean, I just could not be happier. I like, I've got my dream job. That's amazing. And I guess like, because I'm sure to some people, they'll probably be like, this sounds, you know, just, <laughs> it's I mean, some people don't even want it. Some people like they'll go get shot up at the doctor's office with who knows what, yeah. you know, but then, but then this seems extreme. But I guess I again, I guess again, when you have a different perspective of like when you've been so sick mm. that you've been threatened with like your life being gone, you know, for a lot of people, this is life-saving and how can how can you say it's bad or wrong when it could literally save people from their own sometimes even their own mind like it's it's yeah well and there's um, this notion in mental health care that like so let's say you're you're a person who gets prozac which is a very Mm -hmm. common most commonly prescribed um mental wellness drug and Mm -hmm. generally with prozac you take it every single day of your life forevermore Mm -hmm. and so a lot of people talk about it's just like a little reminder every day about how broken I am whereas Mm -hmm. with psychedelic assisted therapy you can go for months even years and in some cases never have to undergo another treatment again Um, and so just the opportunity for that to be afforded to people sure it's it's a drug but so is your Prozac Oh, right. Yeah. And not to (laughs) say that that like if that's working for someone, great. You know, like I'm I definitely just am an advocate for like whatever makes you better. I agree. You know, if it works, do that. Exactly. And but there are people I've known that have been on antidepressants and they just say they feel 
sure they feel a little better, but then they just kind of feel like they're like walking around kind of spaced out a little bit or Those just zombie. not really themselves, yeah. you know? And so I, I know people that would like do stuff like this. Like, uh, and to be honest, I was at a place where I probably would too. Like I, I'm still on medication, you know, that I'm trying to get off of and it's not the best yeah. for you, you know, and uh, I've been in those places. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's tough. It's crazy. Yeah. And, it um, is tough. But I mean, if we could be here to help some of the people and the people who it's right for and the people mm-hmm. who are open, um, mm-hmm. then, you know, I'm just so happy to be in the position to do the work. I know. And I guess it's, it is better. Like now, I guess, obviously, obviously the stigma is like, like, you mm. know, loosening a little bit mm-hmm. where people are kind of more open to, I guess, not shaming, because I guess for a lot of people, they might not even do it just because of they might want to do it, but they won't do it for the sake of somebody else, you know, or yeah. somebody telling them that this yeah. seems wrong or something. But um, it just, it, I don't know, I'm, I'm an advocate for whatever makes you feel better or, or whatever you think is going to make you improve your life. That's what you got to do. You know, you got to do whatever's going to help you. Yeah. And, um, and I think that I think the kind of the lovely thing that's happening, at least in Canada and the United States at the moment is like real leadership by Health Canada and the FDA to like grant breakthrough status and grant exemptions for the study of these medicines because Mm -hmm. they themselves recognize um you know like we're in the middle of a material opioid crisis Mm -hmm. overdoses have increased in america during covid by like just over 40 percent it's a lot yeah um you know so what's working isn't working the same way it used to Mm -hmm. and so you know those agencies don't just let things through for the sake of it. Mm -hmm. There's a huge amount of scientific rigor and you have to do all the studies, just the Mm -hmm. same as Prozac did or Cialis did or any other given medicine did. Yeah, right, exactly. And and so, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm grateful that they're affording us the opportunity to do the research, to do the science. Because of course, yes, the stuff has been around for tens of thousands of years and utilized Mm -hmm. ceremonially and all that kind of thing. But we need the modern science. Right. At least I feel we do, um, because without science, it's just an opinion. And mm-hmm. most of us, like you say, if we're going to try something new. We'd like a little bit of science. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and is it is it dosed depending on um, is it dosed always the same or is it is it is it dosed it's depending depend on depend a bit on like how severe your case is, what your weight and metabolism looks like, what other medicines you're on. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like right. any other medicine in that right. in that degree. Yeah. Yeah very professionally done very um yeah so like you said it's it's taken like obviously it's taken seriously but i just mean like it's you go in they're going to evaluate kind of what fits best for you and then just Mm -hmm. kind of go from there now when people if someone was to have like a bad or like i don't know experience or what typically is because when i hear like obviously if someone who's ignorant to the whole thing doesn't understand is it like you see crazy things you is it going to be different for everybody or is it more just like you see things from that you're struggling with personally, like in your life? Yeah. Or is it just like you're seeing like. It can be different for everyone. So I'm happy to share, you know, Mm -hmm. two of my negative experiences to Mm -hmm. kind of compare and contrast. One was re-witnessing something that was um, materially challenging that happened early in my life. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, so it wasn't a good time to watch it at all. Um, but what was astounding about it was I was actually afforded the opportunity to see it through the eyes of another person who was involved. Mm -hmm. Um, and it allowed me to 
to grant them a huge amount of forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so even though it was super painful, I came out of it with so much more grace and it's far less painful now. Right. And this, the second instance was, yeah, kind of what you envision around seeing things. So mm-hmm. that's not like I was, uh, you know, if I took my mask off, I knew I was just in a room sitting right. on a chair, everything was right. fine, but you put your mask back on and, uh, yeah, it was like pretty visually frightening. Um, but there is this kind of sense within the psychedelic community of this. It's it's difficult to explain the experience because they're all, there's almost no words for it. So a bit like if you have children and, and, and before you had children, people were like, oh, you know, whatever. They told you all yeah, sorts right. of things, having kids. And you're like, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. And then you have your own child and you're like, Oh my God, that's what they're talking about. Right. (laughs) Oh my goodness. That's it. So it's a bit like that. And then it's difficult to explain the knowing. So you can see something frightening or scary, um, but it's telling you something. There's a Mm -hmm. message. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's not to say, you know, you're going to see like a black snake who's going to tell you, you know, look out for that guy. He's a real jerk. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But there's just a sense to it that you're able to leave. You're not going to become a psychic. No, you're not. No, I'm sorry. You don't do that. You can't predict the future after this. I'm sure there's other people who claim to do that. You're right. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. But I guess in the long run, it just helps you confront kind of issues or maybe you see symbols of something in that that kind of directs you to Something. And, and on the other side, too, there's these totally transcendent positive experiences of um, deeper understanding of self and clarity mm-hmm. and purpose. Mm-hmm. And so I've had both. You know, I've mm-hmm. had times where I where I've left my session and I'm like, wow, that was some heavy, <laughs> some heavy lifting. Right. And other ones where I've left and been like, I am the boss. I am such yeah. a great person. This is amazing. Like, how yeah. fortunate am I to be me? Yeah. Which sounds insane and very self-serving, but well, no, it's but very I think we rare all get to those actually, moments. right? To yeah. feel that that mm-hmm. connected to yourself, um, yeah. you know. So, I uh, certainly all you know. All I can attest to is is the science and the work that it's done for me. And um, I can rattle on and on about statistics, but mm-hmm. I, I just always encourage people to do their own research. You know, right. Um, right. but exactly. they'll find what's best for them. That's right. us- I think you usually know, you know, there might be hesitation or um, worry, but I think once you really dig deep and do the research, like, you know, you know, it's just like, I knew my family doctor wasn't good for me and I, I stayed, you know, for mm. fear or whatever, for whatever, but you know, just those kinds of things. It's like, I think, you know, when you really dig deep, uh, but there's, you, there's sometimes maybe a fear of something that's influencing you or, or guiding yes. you in a different direction. Right. So yeah, I, I, um, I would agree with that as well. So I, I could talk to you forever about lots of things. <laughs> could um, jam. But yeah, I could jam. Uh, but I, I guess if, if someone, I guess this is kind of a hard question, but I'm going to throw it out there. All right, let's give it. If someone out there is facing any of these issues, even just having some mental struggles, whatever, what do you have advice, I guess, for mm. someone who's maybe even just down? Like, like what would you say to someone who might need to hear a positive word right now mm-hmm. for whatever they're going through. Is there something you can think of that? Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, 
I know it's a hard think, question on the spot. Yeah, but. no, it's a hard, <laughs> it's a hard question, but I love hard questions. Yeah. I think, um, you know, I think the resounding message of why we continue in any pursuit, any challenging pursuit, whether it's like life, business, health, depression, anxiety, PTSD, addiction, um, is hope. Mm-hmm. You know, hope is the thing that keeps us going. And I would say, you know, in some of my darkest moments, the, what I was called like the 2 a.m. moment where you're staring at the ceiling and it's hard to breathe, mm-hmm. um, you know, just focus on a bit of hope. One or two mm-hmm. things, mm-hmm. just one or two things. All right. And take the, the right single next step. Don't worry about the 20 steps after that because it's so overwhelming. Right. It's so overwhelming when you're struggling with whether it's mental health or physical health because so much mm-hmm. of it's unknown and outside of our control. That's just like if you can find a, a little beacon of hope and make that your, you know, your North Star, focus on right. that. Right. And, and just do the one one next step. Um, that's so true then you're doing the right thing. Yeah. That's also like me. Like I, I, I started even just telling myself, if you get out of bed and you brush your teeth (laughs) and you walk through the living room a few times and then go back to bed, I was like, that's your accomplishment for the day. Just do it. And it it almost sounds ridiculous, but for people who are low, like really low, low, that is like a huge accomplishment. And I, I just, I always tell people like, even if it is just getting up and walking around your living room, that's a huge accomplishment. You did a thing that you were telling yourself you couldn't do. Mm-hmm. And now you can move on to the next thing or the next day, you know, do the same thing again. Little steps, you know, make make a lot of make a lot of improvement. Cause I guess I always just get asked, like, how did you get through it? Like, how did you how you know? And I don't know for you, but I think just realizing that I needed to sit with the bad moments. And I always mm. tell people that nobody is positive hundred percent of the time. And I think some of the best people and most successful people get through it because they allow themselves to, to feel the things, you know, and, and, and some of us have to learn to do that, but that that's, that's crucial to, to getting through a lot of this really heavy stuff. I think emotions are a relative experience. So, you know, you only get as high as you've been low. Mm -hmm. So the people who've been the lowest Mm -hmm. more often than not, you'll find they're the people who are, who can also get the happiest. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Because, uh, you can, you can only go up as far as you've been down. And, Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, as a person who's been afforded the great opportunity to experience the extremes, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm grateful as challenging as it is, but to your point, it's, it's okay to actually just sit right, and and have it be and let it wash over you and go, right. Mm -hmm. This is terror. Yeah. This is terror. Right. right. Yeah. And then later, maybe you're going to do this is joy. Yeah, exactly. Because we all know, we know the good times are there. We know they're around the corner, you know, and I think a lot of times there are more better times than bad times, but the bad times are so bad that Mm. we, we focus on, on that. And because I've had times where I was crippled by a day or a moment Mm. for months even though the months weren't that bad, but for some reason I was so crippled by that one moment or that one time mm. that I carried it into my, like, you know, I, I, I stopped or you almost stop, oops, you stop seeing and appreciating the good, mm-hmm. the good, the so many good days that are, are, mm-hmm. are happening. I think maybe even just reevaluating what you think is a good day, 
you know, because, because I, I had put so much weight on, um, success in terms of how other people saw it or or what they expected of me. And if I didn't hit that, then it wasn't a good day or like I, I somehow didn't succeed. Right. right. And I think a lot of people, a lot of people do that. So I think even just like sitting back, reevaluating, I mean, having the illness helped me do that. if kind of forced mm-hmm. me to do that. But, um, I think just reevaluating what you, what you really want, you know, like, do you want that car for you or is it because you, you wanted to show Jim up the street who told you you wouldn't amount to anything that, that look at me, Jim, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm rolling now. But, um, so I think doing a lot of that, evaluating what you actually truly deeply want and who it's actually for, mm. I think is, 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 is important as well. But, um, yeah. So I know we're pushing on 57 minutes here. So <laughs> like I said, we could talk forever, but thank you so much, Kelsey, for doing this. Oh, and, I'm um, so grateful to have this time with you so, to chat about it. Yeah, I know. It's been so great. I mean, I, I could have written like a million questions for you, but I knew I was like, I have to keep this. Like, I, I think I literally wrote down like five questions, but I knew like, I just wanted to like <laughs> chat and have it be We'd like really there. natural. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but thank you so much for sharing. And, and like I said, like, I just, I just, <sighs> hope to even just reach out to some people who are struggling in any way. Mm-hmm. And if people are interested in, in, in what you're doing, you know, it, where can they go to like find out more information? Um, yeah, for they the- can just, they, they can look for me at Kelsey Ramsden on most, most places where social media is peddled and uh, mind cure. So just mindcure.com. Awesome. You got it. I think we're getting some hits. I'm definitely going to check it out more. I, I wanted to look into it more, but I also wanted to, I don't like to know too much because I want to be able yeah. to ask you the questions and actually be genuinely, you know, <laughs> genuinely interaction, interacting instead of being like, I read that already, but I'm just going to pretend like I know. <laughs> so that's awesome. Well, thank you so much. I'll let thank you go you, get Liz. back to your, to your things. Yeah, I'm sure you've got lots to do. Marketing meeting on hold. So yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. Bye. Have a great day. Bye. You too. Bye.